Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 78. You know, with all this talk of plot and genre, it's worth saying, what you write doesn't have to be about anything. I know, you, you know, you, you might be thinking, well, it's got to be about something, like, it's not possible to write something that has no content, Tim, right? Let me explain vaguely what I'm driving towards. It's very easy. I I I, th- I fear as you as you learn these different plot shapes, genres, acquire all this advice I'm loading onto you. Here's how to construct a sentence. Here's how you handle point of view. Don't do this because this is wrong or it'll read bad or crap. You know, it, it it's easy to feel like creative writing is is a kind of in-group at school, a club of cool kids who all talk and act in a, a certain way, and if you learn the rules of that group, you might be accepted and you'll get to hang out with them. And it really isn't that. Writing and creating is for you. It always was. I've always felt slightly annoyed when writers say, oh, there are no rules for writing, just do what works for you. Because that can feel like they're pulling up the ladder behind them you know they've got books out right they've they've written them and then you go how did you do that and they go oh do what works for you hang on like if we knew what worked we wouldn't be asking for advice in the first place (laughs) but i've come to appreciate that well what insufficient as a piece of advice on its own it's not wrong either and sometimes often even Writing something that would be um, wrong in a novel, or at least unsuccessful in terms of engaging a reader, can be very useful from the perspective of developing your craft or just having a nice time, you know, playing, boundaryless play, experimentation, sketches, diagrams, maps, mood boards, lists of nonsense words. All these things are, are quote unquote wrong from a novel writing point of view in that what they produce probably won't fit in a publishable, saleable novel, but that doesn't mean in the slightest that they're not valuable. And actually, in in literary fiction and in the weird miscellaneous bin-marked experimental fiction, there's all sorts of stuff that looks a bit like poetry, that maybe doesn't have an obvious plot driving it that drills down into a frozen moment that follows dozens of characters jumping in from one head to another without ever really resolving, that repeats the same event obsessively, ruminating on a trauma from different perspectives, that plays with layout on the page and the use of blank space, that invents words or plays with spellings or tries to represent sounds phonetically. Look, like, my daughter's three and she's just incredible in her ability to decide she's going to sit down and, say, make someone a card with stickers and crayons and glue. Or maybe she wants to draw something or paint something. Most of the time she just does it unselfconsciously without worrying about whether it meets some standard, not obsessively checking whether it's exactly like what she had in mind or, or whether I like it and approve. She just does it and enjoys it. And for me at least it's very powerful and... It makes me, it fills me with awe, you know, and I, I don't say that lightly either. Of course, I'm influenced by being her father, and I'm, I'm sickeningly proud of everything she does. But I think seeing any child do that and really 
engaging with what they're doing and how they are encountering the world is, if you're an artist of any kind, a bit of an eye-opener. Here's a famous story, you might have heard it, and if you have, please hear it again. Um, It's from Howard Akimoto. Quote, When my daughter was about seven years old, she asked me one day what I did at work. I told her I worked at the college. My job was to teach people to draw. She stared back at me, incredulous, and said, You mean they forget? Last night I was talking to um, my mum on my phone. We were both feeling worried and sad and we, we talked about that. And my daughter, my mum said, she's so confident and fearless. You used to be like that. And I said, I wish I could be like that again. And she said, I wish that for you too. Then we both had a cry together. And while it didn't change anything, I, I, I'm glad we did. Even when I talk about doing free writes, you probably still have a sense of wanting to do a free write really well, you know, of getting better, of achieving the absolute pinnacle of liberated, unselfconscious writing. It's not easy being a grown-up, is it? You know, to be able to imagine something different to what is and to feel pain at the gap between those two states and, and, and to slightly feel a responsibility for that gap. To feel like if only I could figure this out, I could close that gap. I could make things all right. P.B. Shelley said, the great instrument of moral good is the imagination. And, and, I, and I get that at a certain level. You know, being able to imagine things as other than they are allows us to aspire to improvement, to look, to liberate ourselves and others. Uh, we might think about how we could act in a way that we might regret and then we make a commitment to do better for the sake of those around us. Maybe even just, you know, stretching for five minutes a day because we can see the possibility we could be a bit more flexible. That all involves the imagination, right? I don't want to hold unselfconscious writing up as some Eden we're forever banished from because we're adults. You know, I don't think it's actually the unselfconscious part that matters so much as the holding yourself and your craft and your mistakes with love. Now, this is the kind of wishy-washy nonsense I used to sneer at when I was learning creative writing because it seemed rather ill-defined and not really to do with the business of writing, which was about syntax and units of meaning and really in my head more akin to computer programming than some sappy communion with the heart. And of course, technique is an important part of it. I, I, I don't deny that. And that's not something that I think we need to throw out the window when we talk about this. But it is all for naught if you don't practice infusing your creative work with love. Love for yourself, I mean. Appreciation for what you do, for your diligence and willingness to step out into the unknown, for the immense optimism required for creating something, a story, a character, a world, to bring pleasure and insight and emotional growth for other human beings. But, but first and foremost, to do it for its own sake and for yourself, because you deserve it and you're worthwhile. Let me level with you. You, you, you can get away with pursuing a whole career, a successful one even, without ever once cutting yourself a break. Authors have done that, you know? They often do that, in fact. But you'll be sad. And this imagine, imaginary end point where you suddenly accept yourself won't ever come. You know, not if you're relying on external validation to supply it. Here's another quotation, this time from um, 
Mark um, Matusek. Uh, these, by the way, are from a wonderful book called Art and Fear. I'll put a link a link in today's show notes if you'd like to treat yourself to a copy. I think it's um, really good. It's by uh, David Bales and Ted Orland, and it's all about it's the subtitle is Observations on the Perils and Rewards of Art Making. And I think it's ultimately a um, positive but very honest book. So, um, quote. There's a myth amongst amateurs, optimists and fools that beyond a certain level of achievement, famous artists retire to some kind of Elysium where criticism no longer wounds and work materialises without their effort. End quote. Now, do you remember how we tried listening to your writing demon? That voice of dissent, doubt, worry, self-criticism. That voice that maybe at some level is, is just trying to protect you, but... They end up discouraging you and making your world feel reduced, restricted, shrunken somehow. They're like an over-worried, very, very extreme, anxious parent who tries to protect you from ever feeling pain by not letting you experience anything. I wonder if, by the same token, you might have a writing angel or a writing deva, a writing familiar, perhaps. Some entity, some figure, some embodiment of great wisdom and clarity and trust. I, mean, I don't mean this literally, necessarily, although if you believe that it's a possibility, then uh, I don't want to stand in the way of that either. But I, I wonder whether you can use your imagination this this resource we've been plundering for weeks now to great effect to picture what this figure might look like this embodiment of writing wisdom and this figure who cares about your welfare and development if they arrived to help you out where might they appear how would they make their presence felt I wonder if you can picture that, you know, where would they appear and how would they manifest to you? You know, would there be any sounds associated with them? How does their voice sound? Any smells or sensations like heat or cold? Are they some historical figure or some author dead or alive or some figure from religion or mythology or... Someone completely unique to you. And then once you've got over the novelty of their arrival in this scene, you know, I, I suspect that they may choose to speak. And they've come to give you some words you need to hear. Some words about your writing, about creativity, about your life. And I wonder if you could, if you want to, use your imagination and listen maybe let them dictate to you a few things in their voice, using the language, the diction, the turns of phrase that they would use. Now, that's that. This is your exercise for today, by the way. You know, I'll give you 10 minutes. Um, describe who or what you see. You can give them a name if you like, just like you did with the writing demon. Describe how they arrive, you know, how they make their presence felt to you. Give us some sensory details then you know, relatively quickly, allow them to speak, give them a voice. 
it doesn't matter how far you get with this one it's it's just it's just for fun but be good if you could connect with that inner wisdom and see what advice they decide to give you it might be advice very general it might be for something you need to hear right now right i'll be back to check in with you in 10 minutes are you ready three two one go
and that's that's it um i don't know who visited you or what they said uh if you i just want to say if you found yourself struggling with today's exercise uh to just try and be present with the emotions that came up for you this is an exercise that occasionally some people find surprisingly hard like it really brings them up short um not everyone but it can be a real it can be emotional for some people sometimes positively sometimes in a way that they confront some things um and i just you know i want to say if that happened to you and you found it difficult to complete the the task that's okay uh you do, you're all right, nothing's gone wrong, um, but you, you know, you might want to give yourself some time just to hold those emotions, if that's possible for you, to the extent that you're able. You don't have to change them, you don't have to push them away or fix them, but just to be present for them, whatever they are. I know, I know, much easier said than done. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I can't, always you know i know it's easy to say these things and uh i i i'd love to be able to uh to sort of like do it all for, to do it for you you know to help you through this in a way but then i'd be robbing you of the opportunity so i don't know i hope it was okay for you and if it was whatever they said you know i suggest you set it aside for now maybe you could even set an alarm on your phone or a note in your calendar to come back and have a look at it in a week or two weeks. You know, have a read through and see what came out. But whatever happened, thanks for turning up and, you know, trusting me with these exercises that can seem a little kooky at times. I appreciate it. Thanks for turning up today, especially. I'll see you again tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.